Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, I discuss sustainable impact investing, how to create portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, environmental sustainability, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you want to know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as I explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello, I'm Kimberly Griego-Kyle, the host of the Deep Impact Investing Podcast. I'm happy that you've joined me today as I start out the next 100 episodes of my podcast. If you are a return listener, you'll notice a bit of a change from my regular style as I've prepared an easy lecture on the topic of sustainable circular economies. Rather than think, great, a college style lecture, think informative TED Talk style. So let's begin. Today, I'm going to be covering the economic principles of a circular economy and why we call that a sustainable practice. I plan to cover the three goals of a circular economy, the seven pillars of change, briefly look at the two business models and the four primary markets, and we will take a look at the nine R framework of a circular economy. And then I'll leave you with one set of R's to remember at the very end. I recognize this is a lot of numbered lists, so let's get started. In order to provide an essential base of knowledge, we must agree on a definition of circular economy. This is an economic model that maximizes the use of resources and minimizes waste by keeping products in a continuous cycle of use and reuse. Today's established traditional linear economy has a take-make-waste approach. What needs to happen to create a dominant circular economy are designs that are both regenerative and restorative. Here, we're aiming to keep products, components, and materials at their highest use at all times. So the ultimate goal may be to throw nothing away and reduce the need for repurchasing new commodities, most of which are finite and non-renewable. Here's some examples of finite resources beyond fossil fuels, which we are all familiar with. Minerals and metals like copper and aluminum, fresh water, arable land, our forests and fisheries, which include the oceans of fish, natural gas, phosphorus, potassium, which is an essential, essential mineral for our bodies, helium, and antibiotics. There are certain antibiotics which are considered a finite resource due to the development of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. We've heard this a lot. The overuse and misuse of antibiotics contributes to their diminishing effectiveness. We've been seeing so much of this for years already. Now, the goal of a circular economy is to create a more sustainable and environmentally friendly economic system. We do this by reducing resource depletion, decreasing pollution, and lowering greenhouse gas emissions. A circular economy is going to promote economic resilience by reducing the dependence on our finite resources 
and also creating new business designs. This is essentially the three goals of the circular economy. Let me list them out for you. One, eliminate waste and pollution. In situations where materials do become what is considered waste, we want to look at those materials as having the ability to be broken down by nature, thus eliminating them as a waste product. Two, ensure that products and their materials are reintroduced into this circulation while retaining their maximum value. And that's a key component there. Three, regenerate nature to assure our future resources, like the fresh water I mentioned, the arable land, our forests, fisheries, etc. This may all sound as if we're talking about a system that has yet to be created. However, the framework of a circular economy has seen a few different approaches. These include cradle to cradle, biomimicry, industrial symbiosis, ecosystem services, collaborative consumption, and of course, the established and new methods of recovery in recycling of waste. In my opinion, many of these approaches need to be combined in order to give us a truly sustainable and circular economy. There are two business models and seven pillars or strategies when looking at a system of economic production. This intends to steer us to a zero waste system, thus making it the most efficient and sustainable system that we so desperately need. The first of these models is the coordination of circular value chains. This is done by the use of data. After a product is in use, a circular system looks at the ways that the product and materials can be reused, thereby looking at the recycle to reuse landfill system. Let's call this the old 3R system, one we were taught and probably recite in our heads every time we put something uh, in a recycle bin. The second model starts from the beginning of a product design. Here, you want to create a product that's designed to be used more than once. A product that has materials which can then be recovered and used. One where it's a last resort to place those materials into the landfill. So only when a material reaches its last useful product life, and only then does it move into the landfill. The concept is that there is nothing ever wasted in this system. Before I can give you two important concepts, I wanna share the four primary markets. I mean, we must have markets for products, right? Those markets are individuals, firms or corporations, the open market for both goods and services, and the market factors of production. In macroeconomics, market factors of production are the essential component of any economic system. Things like land, labor, capital, and entrepreneurship. You can think of this as an oval, where individuals or households are on the top. To the left are those factors of market production, bottom are our firms or corporations, and to the right are the goods and services produced. Within that oval is a circle that begins at the bottom with firms and corporations, Moving to the left with salaries and, and income, and up on top, we again have our households and individuals, and to the right, the spending on the production of goods, leading back 
to corporations who start the process all over again. Now, back to those seven pillars or strategies. A better description would be seven means of action to keep the economy moving in the circular system. These seven pillars are broken down into three sections. The first being equity with three pillars. One, materials that which in the economy are cycled at continuous high value. Two, energy, which is based only on renewable sources. Three, value, which is generated in measures beyond just the financial. Think people and planet in addition to the profit. The next section is resilience with two pillars. One being, well, number four really, being water where extraction must be a sustainable rate and where resource recovery is maximized. We know from past podcasts that water resources are extremely important and limited in some areas. Five under resilience is biodiversity, where we're actively supporting the structure of diversity and enhancing those materials to later create additional biodiversity. Finally, we have the transparency with the final two pillars. Number six, is health and well-being. This really should encompass humans and other species, flora and fauna, with a sound and solid structure of support. Seven, finally, society and culture. That which we preserve through sustainable development, sustainable education, and sustainable energy. I think most people can see how an economic system that not only sustains itself, but regenerates itself, this system we must pursue with a national and global objectives. Here's where we want to move on to the the fun part, the 9R framework of the circular approaches in production. And we're talking about the production of products and services that we use. Why 9Rs? In a circular approach, we want to use smarter products and smarter manufacturing. So R1 is rethink. Rethink how we make products that are used most intensively and sharing those products or having multifunctional products out on the market. R2 is reduce. Here you look at increasing efficiency in, in production of products in their manufacturing, also by consuming fewer natural resources and the materials in production of that product. Next, we have R3, reuse. Reuse is a concept we're probably all very familiar with where we're using a product over and over rather than discarding it, especially in situations where we can still fulfill its original function. I'm just gonna say, I'm a big fan of garage sales <laughs> and uh, finding products uh, online that people are, are done with and bringing them into my home and refurbishing them. R4 is the repair and maintenance of defective products, thereby giving them back their original function of use. This may be one or more of the difficult processes in our current economy. This is where also where we're looking at the use and discard system of a linear economy. R5 is refurbish, where we are simply restoring an old product and bringing it up to date. R6 is remanufacture. <laughs> this is where we're using parts of discarded products and they're used to create a new product, often with the same function. This leads us to R7, repurpose, where we use the discarded product or its parts and components in the production of a product with a completely different 
function. The last section of our 9R framework of our circular economy and its approaches to production are what we call useful applications of materials. These include R8, which is recycle. We know this is the process where we take materials and reuse them in order to obtain the same high quality as the original product. Finally, we have R9, recovery. I have a little trouble with this one, honestly, because it talks about the incineration of materials, which does create an energy source. I feel like the incineration process is just going to contribute to the climate change problem, but this is where we have a product that is no longer usable, so we either put it in a landfill or, as I mentioned, create an energy source through incineration. Why are these so important, these nine R's? Because these are the principles of a circular economy. One, where absolutely nothing is wasted. Well, I have a, a good example for you here. But first, I wanna talk about what a sustainable and circular economy would actually look like. Let me give you some alarming statistics. More than 100 billion tons, that's a B, billion tons of materials have entered the global economy in 2017, which is the last recent data I could find. These are used to generate power, grid infrastructure, homes, produce food, and provide consumer goods such as clothes and phones. I mentioned phones because there are now more phones than there are people on the planet. Can you believe that? There are some estimates that say as much as 99% of the things that people buy are discarded within six months of purchasing without any materials being recovered. There are many things that we got from the COVID pandemic. It actually taught us in terms of what we now consider normal economic activity. The first three years of COVID-19, we saw the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. Interestingly enough, rather than try to revive a system that is inherently wasteful, the European Commission, I believe on sustainability, has vowed to build a sustainable circular economy in the post-pandemic years. I'd love to see that happening here in the U.S. Now I want to share with you my example. This is a corporation that is actively working to adopt a circular economy. Since I just shared with you that there are more phones than people, let's discuss Apple. As always, with my podcasts, any mention of a specific company is not a recommendation to invest. Please speak to your financial advisor to see if it may be appropriate for your personal portfolio. Back to Apple. Apple's actually been making efforts to reduce their environmental impact and embrace a more circular economy in their business practices. They've been under a lot of pressure over the last decade to do so. As of the fall of 2021, some of the steps Apple has taken are recycling initiatives, that means launching recycling programs for its products, finally. Apple also has been designing its products to last longer and be easily repairable, when possible, of course. And they're designing their supply chain to be more sustainable. I don't know about you, but I would sure like my phone to last a little bit longer than it generally does. Planned obsolescence is never a good thing. Apple is committed to using renewable energy for its operations and data centers. This also will reduce their carbon footprint. When taking a look at Apple, they've expressed a commitment to creating a closed loop supply chain where they use the recycled materials of their products 
to manufacture new products. In turn, what they're doing is reducing their need for resource extraction. This has all the hallmarks of a true circular economy. So let's see where they go with this. In order to achieve a truly circular economy, consumption and production practices need to change together. I know this has been a bit of a long podcast, so I'm only going to give you that one major example today. And as a financial advisor in the sustainable investment industry for well over 25 years now, I want to remind you that you can make your portfolios more sustainable. If you're interested in seeing what the companies you own may be doing to move towards a circular economy, I would love it if you would give Johan Klassen a call. The home office phone number is 505-982-9661. And as I always mention, you can reach the entire staff by emailing info at horizonssfs.com. Our job is to create that sustainable plan that is sustainable with your definition of sustainable. Today we covered a lot of ground, so let's quickly review. I shared with you the three goals of a circular economy, the two business models, the seven pillars of change, we learned the four primary markets, and finally, the 9R framework of circular economy. So, if you remember nothing from today's podcast, remember the last one I'm giving you now. The great five R's of circular economy. Reducing, reusing, refurbishing, repairing, and of course, recycling. I probably could have done this in 30 seconds by giving you that list of five, but where would you be without the background and the additional information that I shared with you today? If you found this podcast helpful, I would appreciate it if you would click subscribe and also share this podcast with friends and family. They might find the topic interesting as well. Finally, I just want to mention that I'm missing my producer, Eric, who always keeps me on time and on track. So in his words, thank you for listening to the Deep Impact Investing podcast with myself, Kimberly Griego-Kyle, the Sustainable, Responsible, Impact Investing podcast. From everyone here at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, we remind you to live your best day every day. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle, the sustainable, responsible, impact investing podcast, reminding you that it's time to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, please email me at kim at griego-kyle.com. That's G-R-I-E-G-O hyphen k-i-e-l dot com or give horizons a call at 505-982-9661 and be sure to ask for johan clausen don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available and to share this podcast with colleagues friends and family the companies i may speak about during the podcast are not recommendations for investment Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. Kimberly Griego-Kyle produces this podcast on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. is a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals 
do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.